The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The brain is our personal tool to keep us at our best and realize self-esteem. The mind, body, and immune system work together to help us make the right choices and to reach our purpose and potential. Welcome to Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. Lindsay and her guests are the go-to experts when it comes to relationships, sexuality, parenting, and wellness. We're here to enlighten and inform you. Now, here is your host, Lindsay Levinson. Hi, this is Lindsay Levinson. I am your host, and we are at Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. We're on voiceamerica.com on the Variety Channel. Before we even start the show, I just want to note that today is Autism Awareness. It's World Autism Awareness Day, and April's the month for that. So if you have any interest in that, Google and see if you want to contribute. I am really excited for today's show. I'm excited for all my shows, but our guest today is a New York Times and USA Today bestselling author. His book hit number one at Amazon the day it was released, so that's pretty exciting. And the quote on the front of his book says, Bill Cosby, it's a, it's a quote from Bill Cosby saying, this book will do a lot for the world. So, oh my gosh, that's all really exciting. And we're about to meet the author of the book, People Tools. And first, let me ask that you continue to follow Facebook, which is Illuminating Now, Twitter, which is at sign Illuminating Now, qualityforlifecoaching.com, and there is a contest. It is still running, and the people whose answers are chosen will be read next week. I think there may be an echo in the, in the voice component here on the phone, so we may want to move our mics a bit back. So there'll be an... You know, and there has been an overwhelming response to the thread in regard to this contest. And I just want you guys to check in on Facebook and put an answer down and get involved because we're going to read your name and your answer if you're chosen as one of the top ones. And that also is a reason to tune in next week as well. So I am about to announce Alan C. Fox because that is the author of People Tools. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about him for just a moment. This individual has university degrees in accounting, law, education, professional writing. He's been employed at a, at, as tax supervisor for a national CPA firm. He established his own law firm, and he founded a commercial real estate company in 1968 that now owns and manages more than 70 major income-producing properties in 11 states. Alan Fox is the founder, the editor, the publisher of Rattle, which is one of the most respected literary magazines in the United States. And oh, by the way, Oh, he just happens to sit on the board of directors of several nonprofit foundations. Guy's a little busy. Um, People Tools is the culmination and combination and distillation of these different experiences he's had in all these areas I've named and in relationships, three marriages, six children, two stepchildren, a foster child. So if, if that's not where wisdom lies, I'm not sure where we get it. So this is really fabulous. 
fabulous to have him on, and I'm about to introduce him. I want to tell you his site, which is People Tools Book, all one word, peopletoolsbook.com. And one more thing to tell you before we bring him on is what's really cool and exciting is that this book has now been made available to you in the audio version. So that's really exciting as well. So Alan Fox, welcome to the show. You are a very busy man. I've seen your schedule. I really appreciate you choosing to be on Illuminating Now. Thank you. Well, thanks, Lindsay. It's a pleasure to be on, and I, I appreciate the introduction. I, I was getting tired as you were uh, telling everything I do. <laughs> it is. It's exhausting just reading it. I can't imagine living it, but we're glad somebody out there in the world's doing it so you can bring the wisdom back for us. And that brings me to what I really want to say, which is I'm thrilled for our listeners to get the direct access to you telling us about some of these 54 strategies in your book. And... I just want to also note that I love and I want the listeners to hear me say, because this is important, I love the way this book has been written and laid out. The strategies and stories are broken down. They're in layman's terms. They're in practical application. You know, they're, they're written in a way that you can practically apply them immediately. So it's a really great reading experience. So let's just begin at the beginning, Alan. What, what are people tools? How did you even develop the techniques and the tools? You know, what made you think of it and what are they? Well, I developed people tools because really when I was young, I was really uncomfortable with people and I just didn't know how to get along well. And uh, over the years, I've, you know, tried various things. Uh, many of them failed. Uh, many of them worked. And so I've distilled what uh, what works uh, in terms of getting along with people in uh, in people tools with you know hopefully memorable titles and you know it's not things that that many of us don't already know if you read the book you'll say oh yeah I knew that but maybe not in quite that way and um, you know one woman said I always wanted to tell my sister this and chapter three says it I'm going to give her the book so it's it's my my life experience basically I love that I love that and I. I know that so much of it, as you bring up a sister of somebody, or that so much of the book and things that you talk about talk about relationship. And so that's a main component. Why? Why are relationships so vital to what you talk about? Well, sure, Lindsay. The first, you know, the first sentence of my book is, if you have joy in your life, what else do you really need? And I think hmm. you derive joy from other people and getting along with other people. I mean, no one, you know, no man is an island, as they say. And uh, whether it's a spouse, a partner, parents, children, certainly uh, work, business, we're dealing with other people every day, all the time. And I think the better you can do that, the uh, the better you're going to do in life and the more you're going to, uh, more joy you're going to have. Awesome. That's just, just couldn't be more right on. I, in, in reading these strategies, I had so many favorites, and I could have favorites because of the way you laid it out. They were all, you know, they were all so broken up. I could read these, each one. So it's, I, I had a hard time picking. So we're just going to start traveling through them, and, you know, and I'm just going to let you talk about some of these. So fry another egg. I loved that. Tell us what that is. Fry another egg. You know, I, I, I like easy over eggs for breakfast, and I cook my own <laughs> breakfast. And years ago, I, I, you know, flipped the egg over and the yolk broke and then the old yolk is going to get hard and I'm not going to like it. And I said to myself, my goodness, uh, another breakfast I'm not going to enjoy. Then a light bulb went off in my head. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. This egg cost me nine cents. Um, <laughs> you know, I can throw this one out and make another egg for nine cents. Right. Why have I eaten, you know, hard eggs for, for the last 20 years? 
So <laughs> I threw that one away, made another one, and had a very nice breakfast. Uh, and go ahead. You know, you don't you don't have to get locked in to to your your ways of thinking. You can try something new. That that just speaks to so many things. That's that's I love that one. I think, honestly, my all-time favorite one was, and, and I will say that I've actually brought your book into my sessions and read th- this particular one. I've read to different clients, and they just love it. And it's Catch Them Being Good. Catch Them Being Good. What, tell, tell us about that. Yes. Uh, that's, that's so important. Uh, you know, I have six uh, biological children, two stepchildren, so I've been raising a lot of children along the line <laughs> and always looking for ways to do it better. And I read books and books and took courses, and, and one book I found entitled Catch the Being Good. What that means is this. When you like what someone is doing, praise them. Tell them you really like it. Say thank you. And in that way, they will be encouraged to repeat that behavior. And it was in a class at, at the UFC in counselor education, they said affirmative uh, recognition is the best way to encourage behavior. And I raised my hand. I said, no, that's not true. Because when I was growing up, I didn't get any encouragement. My father thought that if he told me I was doing well, that I would just uh, get a big head and stop trying. And so he never <laughs> praised me in my face and always you know, criticized me. Why would you get to be? And uh, so I thought that's the way it was. And, and the professor said, well, why don't you go home and try an experiment? Uh, you know, take something your wife cooks that you really like and just praise the heck out of it. <laughs> and see what happens. And you know something? Sweet sour meatballs, she made it. I praised it. And instead of making it like once every three or four months, she started making it about once a week. So, you know, just <laughs> for being good, it, it, it works. I love it. I love it. I love that. And I know you talked about your son practicing his instrument as well. And, <laughs> and the Yes. Yeah, yeah, my son was taking accordion, and, you know, I was taking accordion. He's not a professional musician, and he was really trying hard, and mm-hmm. and I praise him for trying. And uh, that's another thing. Nowadays, they're saying that when you praise children for trying, that's more important than praising them for succeeding, because yes. you want to teach them to try, to work, and not just succeeding is, is, is not the only thing in life. No, it's not, and... And, you know, people have heard me say on the show, success is only a perspective. Who, who decides what success is? So I love that you're making the point. Trying is success. If, you, if you're willing yes. to try something, you're successful in and of yourself. And whatever comes after that, you know, that's meant to be. But no one else can really speak to that. So I, Absolutely. I loved that. Okay, so Green Grass Now. What a great name. I love it. Green Grass. We get <laughs> it, right? The grass is always greener. But Green Grass yes. Now. Okay, so tell us. Yes, well, on that one, uh, I had a secretary uh, very uh, early when I was practicing law, and she was the grass always greener. Her husband was uh, in Vietnam, and she said, well, when he gets home, my life will be good. He got home, wasn't any better. Well, when I have a baby, it'll be better. Uh, then when I move to Charlotte, it'll be better. Uh, and it was always going to be better when something else happened. And, you know, we do not live our lives in, in the other field. We live our lives in our field. So appreciate the green grass you have right now, today. And, Love you know, I, I really take the position that you've only got today and, and, and really make the best of it. I love that. I love that. you. So you're in the now, you know, and that is, that is. That's how life becomes precious. And Absolutely. I, I noticed that you talked about the most important people tool. So you said the most important people tool is to know thyself. I 
I couldn't agree more, but I want to ask you, the man bringing us our wisdom today, why is knowing self-likes, dislikes, abilities, experiences, goals, you know, why is that all so essential to having a successful life? Well, because I think that the best thing in life is, is to have joy. And to have joy, you have to be doing things you enjoy. Uh, for example, you know, I'm very comfortable with numbers, and uh, I used to not be comfortable with people. At one time, I had a retail business, and I, I was behind the counter one evening, and somebody came up and ordered a, a frozen yogurt, and but I got the order wrong, and he wasn't happy. And <laughs> I, just, I said, you know, I'm going to disappear into the walk-in freezer. I, I, I just don't want to face the public here. And uh, I didn't realize that I just was very uncomfortable meeting strangers. And uh, so I wouldn't be too good in a retail setting, although now I think I'd do better. But, you know, if you enjoy numbers, uh, I attended a, a workshop years ago by Peter Drucker, a very well-known management guru, and he said, look, with, with employees, for example, he said, have them do what they're good at, not what they're not good at. I mean, if I couldn't take yes. my accounting staff and make them all into sales, and I think the salespeople make them do accountants, things will not go very well. Right. So, when you know what you're good at and what you like, then, then, then do that. And so many times we'll do things to, to please somebody else, a parent. Uh, I've seen so many parents tell their children, you know, I went to Princeton and you're going to go to Princeton. Well, you know, maybe you want to be an auto mechanic and you really, you're good at that and you enjoy that. So find out who you are and live your life. You know, God bless that answer. I love that so much. And some of the shows that have that have had in recent weeks have been about that. We call it the boxes. But, you know, there's all these boxes and we're they're predetermined and someone expects us to get into them now. You're done with that. Get into that one, you know. And 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 I think that what you've said here is profound as well, because I I really believe if you know your likes, your dislikes and abilities, experiences, goals, those kinds of things, that creates your identity. You actually have an identity if you know things about yourself. And if you have an identity, that gives you the strength to create your life purpose and to walk around with self-esteem. And I think you can't really get very far without those. So I, I, really, I really am on your side on that one for sure. I, 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 I totally agree with that. Um, absolutely. And you have to you know, catch yourself being good. You know, praise yourself when you're doing well, and let yourself know that you're you're doing okay. You don't. Uh, I was reading an article recently on on perfection, and uh, someone was saying, I, I I don't hire employees who have to be perfect because they're not going to take, they're not going to change because they they're defensive, and right. You know, you don't have to be perfect. No, and, I, and, and one of my Lindsayisms is if you're perfect, there's not a lot of reason to get up tomorrow morning. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> right? I mean, like we have we have to want to grow. We have to want to get some wisdom, and that's the excitement of life. What's the one little thing I might learn that I could be a little better tomorrow? And that's that's the incentive to to keep moving. So I love it. I love it. And you know, you talk about which I thought was kind of poignant: visible and invisible rules. Because, and I think it's right on point with how we live with. So I'm going to just let you explain that. Visible and invisible rules. What's the difference? What is, what is that? Uh, and that, that's a, a wonderful question. And that's something which really I didn't realize when I was growing up because I didn't want to get into trouble. I wanted to follow the rules. Mm-hmm. And the visible rules are the rules which your parents tell you. Uh, always tell the truth. Um, you see a, a boulevard stop, so you have to stop your car. So right. these are the visible rules. That's what society and other people tell us we should be doing. Then... There are the invisible rules. 
And th- th- that's how we really live our lives. And uh, I had a secretary once when I was out of town. A check came in, and she went to the bank, and uh, I wasn't around to endorse it. And she tried to deposit it, and the teller said, we, we need a signature. And he, she said, well, he's not in town. And the teller actually said, well, go over to one of those tables over there, sign his name, and bring it back and deposit it. So she was forging my name. Well, you know, that's illegal, but it's done all the time. And, if you know, if the person approves it, it's, it's, it's really okay. Or uh, it was a funny one with my mother, because I would talk to my mother on the phone, and then I'd say, um, okay, Mom, call you later. Talk to you later. Which means, uh, Mom, I, got, I want to get off the phone. And my mother would go. always say, yeah, but it's, oh, are you going to call me back later? <laughs> so she didn't know what the invisible rule was. And, right. boy, you can really get into trouble if you uh, violate invisible rules. And it's hard to find out what they are. Yeah. And I think the beginning is just naming it, what you've just done. And then, you know, to be able to have a discussion is to be able to realize that that's, that's an existing dynamic, visible and invisible rules. You're, you're absolutely right. And so that part was so interesting. I, I loved the belt buckle. What a creative analogy about actions versus words and what's really going to happen. Tell us about the belt buckle because I love that one. Well, thank you. The, the belt buckle, uh, Lindsay, was the first people tool I wrote. Because I, I wrote an uh, interview with an all-American defensive college football player. And this defensive player was asked, how do you tackle the great runners? Right? How do you, what's your tactic? What do you, what do, you do? And the uh, football player said, look, he said, the, the great runners, they can fake with their eyes. They can fake with their head. They can turn their head the other way and to the right and run to the left. They can fake with their shoulders, but they cannot fake with their belt buckle. Wherever the belt buckle is going... That's where they're going. He said, I only watch the belt buckle. And when I read that, kind of a light bulb went off in my head, and I said, wow. I said, I should be watching what people do, not what they say, not, yes. not, not the fake-outs. Because, you know, I can say to you, uh, you know, I'm going uh, to give you a million dollars tomorrow. That's, that's easy. Anybody can say that. Uh, but the belt buckle is what counts. And so I watch what people do. I watch what I do, and that is the true um, that's the true character of all of us, what we do. Right, right. And I just, and again, I love that creative analogy, you know, because the action is where you're headed next. And the belt buckle tells you where someone's headed next if you just watch that. And all the, all the other stuff can become white noise. So, um, so that was really, really well described. And Alan, I was really moved and I resonated with one thing that this is a quote that I saw that you wrote and it really hit home for me and this was your quote I find that there has never been a downside when I've apologized and there has seldom been an upside when I should have but didn't so I loved that apologies what you know tell us about what's the power of an apology how do we make that work well, that's very important, and uh, I'll give you an analogy from about two weeks ago, actually. I have a business partner whom I've worked with for more than 25 years, and uh, we, were, we were on the phone with a third person, and my partner had done something I didn't care for, and I, I kind of rebuked him over the phone in front of somebody else, and uh, three days later, he called me and said, Alan, uh, you publicly humiliated me, and I really don't like it, and uh, I'm very upset, and that's why I haven't talked to you for three days. Well, I'm, I'm faced with a situation. I, 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 could, uh, I could go into my perfectionism and say, well, I was right and you deserved it. And what's that going to do? That's going to ruin a relationship. So right. 
and, and I don't have to apologize for what I said. I don't have to say I'm wrong in saying it. What I did say was, I'm, I'm really sorry that what I said, uh, you felt humiliated because that absolutely was not my intent. Uh, that's not something I do. And I did say that. You're absolutely right. I'm so sorry that, that, that you felt, uh, that you felt uh, humiliated by it. I, I'm, I'm really sorry. And, uh, you know, I, I won't do that again. And yeah. he was very happy, and our relationship goes forward. That's It's so vital. I don't know. Our society has a very tough time with apologies, and we do live in a lot of defense. And I think that's um, it's so meaningful that when you say that to someone, it can diffuse so much. And just by owning something, I, even what you said, you know, I'm sorry, even if that hurt you, it doesn't even mean you're wrong. Just, I'm sorry I said something that hurt you. Um, so powerful to just take a person and calm them down from being ready to give you their, you know, version of why they're right. So I love absolutely, that. and you know, sometimes for myself when I when I feel upset and, and I want an apology, and you know, if it's the other person says I'm, I'm sorry, it's over. But if it they don't is. say that, then I'm going to be angry about it for for a period of time. Right, and I'll just tell you that this is something I talk to my clients about, but I've, I practice this in life. I actually, I, I tell people I love to find a place that I'm sorry. Like even if I really don't think I've done, I'll never tell a lie, so it has to be within truth. But if a context of something's gone down and it isn't good, I will really search quickly in my brain for, you know, what's something I can quickly name that I'm positive I didn't handle this as well as I could, and I want to totally name that and give you an apology right up front. Like, I tell people I love that because it's a little selfish, you know? I would like yep. things to get better and be calm, and when you can offer that, the other person can get on board. And so um, that's why that one really hit me. Yeah, I, absolutely, I, and, and, and I, I agree with you, by the way. You've got to tell the truth. You You don't. Don't lie about an apology, but uh, no. I agree with you. Find something that, that you could have done better and, uh, sure. and acknowledge the other person has been uh, upset. Right, right. I really love that. Um, which, you know, in relationship, tell me about the 80% solution. Okay, the 80% solution, and that's one I, I kind of made up myself. And, <laughs> uh, and actually, a reader of the book emailed me uh, about a week ago. He said, uh, the 80% solution saved my marriage. Which I was, um, I was actually very happy with, and that it goes like this: when you have people in your life, uh, and I thought of this when I uh, got together with my real estate uh, partner in Los Angeles uh, 45 years ago, and we started working together. And about three or four months later, a friend of mine said, "Hey, I got another real estate broker that 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 I think is better, and you should you should go with him." And I started thinking. I said, "Okay, I, I, am I going to keep looking?" And then having partner after partner after partner, or am I going to settle uh, for, for something and, and go with it? And I was thinking that, that Harvey, who uh, was my partner and still is, I said to myself, you know, he's about 95% of my ideal, uh, of my idea of perfection. <laughs> and 95% is pretty high. Yeah. And you know, if somebody's 95%, I'm not going to look to replace them. I'm, I mean, it's just not worth it. And I figured if someone meets 80% of my ideal, uh, my wife, um, people, I, uh, friends, if they're 80% of my ideal, that is plenty good enough. I will stay with them. I won't seek to, to, to change the relationship. And if they're 60 to 79%, I'll, I'll look for somebody other. Uh, and if they're less than 60%, they shouldn't be in my life uh, at all. 
But yeah. you know, you got to you got to settle sometime. Are you married to the t- best person in the world for you? How will you ever know? Right. So you know, you got to some point. You got to say, okay, I'm going with this. Right, and and I think that in doing that. Again, a lot of people think, oh, so you went ahead and settled, so that person got a break, that lucky person got to be with you. But it's, again, I I like to turn it around and say, it's self-motivated, too. It's a struggle for us to keep looking for what is 99.9. I mean, that can be troubling. So when we let ourselves have a little bit of room there to say, these are great things, and 80% is great odds, I can just relax and now enjoy my relationship. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And, you know, it kind of goes the other way, too. Uh, because uh, as much as I want to feel that, you know, I'm the best person for everybody I ever meet, I'm not. And, you know, they have their their problems with me. And, you know, if I'm 90 or 95% on their, uh, on their list, uh, I'd say, that's fine. That really pleases me. I, I, I don't have to be 100%. I don't think I ever will be. Right, right. Well, again, like I said, if we are, then, you know, what do we have to improve on? So, um I'm going to ask you one more. We have about a minute to head to break. So tell me about Shrink the Glass, because everyone's glass half empty, glass half full. Tell me in, in your words briefly, Shrink the Glass. Sure. Well, you know, we, we have the, uh, the debate, uh, the optimist says the glass is half full, pessimist says it's half empty. I say, whatever's in the glass, get a glass that size so your glass is always full. Look on the positive side in life, and, uh, and you'll, be, you'll be much happier. These are so great. They're just awesome. And I guess I, I think we still have time probably for even one more, which I was just so, I thought it was so awesome. And, and I loved reading the story. Tip the messenger. Tip the messenger. Uh, yep. Tip the messenger. I think that none of us, including me, likes bad news. You know, you, want, you don't want the doctor's bad news. You don't want business bad news. You don't want financial bad news. But, you know, you have to act on bad news. You have to have it because the situation might get worse and worse. And, um, you know, my mother uh, detected a lump in her breast, and she didn't tell anybody for 10 months. And by the time she did, it was very large, and that was a problem. So when, when someone gives you bad news, thank them for it because you want the news. People in my, right. in my company are not afraid to come to me with bad news. I thank them for it, and I appreciate it. I don't, you know, kill the messenger is what you're tempted to do. But if, right. you, if you tip the messenger, if you praise them and thank them, then you'll continue to have a free flow of communication and you'll be able to live your life better. I love it. I really love that one. So we, we are going to go to break. I'm so excited to hear and talk about the other ones. There's so many great ones here. Um, this is Lindsay Levinson. I am your host here on Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. There will be a Lindsay's Life Secret, by the way, at the end of this show. And our guest today is People Tools author, Alan St. Fox. And so we will go to break and we will be right back and there's some great stuff to come. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com We all want peace. We all desire a more meaningful life. We work hard to achieve these things, but at what avail? The key is authentic living with Andrea Matthews. 
Andrea will interview some of the great spiritual experts of today and will provide wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your own I am. Your authenticity can give you miraculous gifts, but you have to know how to get there. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network. Are you a single parent trying to create the balance between home life and work life? You may be running a successful business, but how are your relationships with your family and children? If you're one of the thousands of people trying to juggle it all, tune in to Straight Up with Chris. Real talk on business and parenthood, hosted by Chris FSU. Chris is the portrait of the success story. Coming to the U.S. with no language skills, founding and growing several businesses, while raising his daughter from age 7 to adulthood as a single dad. Listen every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned in to Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. To connect with Lindsay or her guest, please call in to the show at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to lindsay244 at sbcglobal.net. That's L-I-N-Z-I-244 at sbcglobal.net. Now, back to Illuminating Now. Hi, I'm Lindsay Levinson. We're back. I am your host on Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. And as I've told you, we're talking here with our guest. This is Alan C. Fox. He's New York Times and USA Today bestselling author of the book People Tools. So we're really lucky to have him here today. And the book is awesome. And he and I were just talking about just how much fun that I had personally reading it. But let's get back to some of these tools and strategies because they're so awesome the sunk coast tool and you know if a situation is worth pursuing or dropping and and you know how do you know and I I think that that's so relevant I think that we um you know we often hold on to things that linger and linger and don't really have a gauge on what to do so can you help people how, how can they distance themselves from the sunk coast well, uh, a couple of things first sunk cost is an idea which uh, which is taught in business schools and uh, but basically in business, if you bought a machine for a million dollars and you started using it today, uh, and another machine comes along this afternoon and it'll uh, manufacture whatever you're manufacturing at a quarter of the cost and twice the speed, uh, it makes sense to buy the new machine despite the fact that you just spent a million dollars on your old machine. Now, I take that as a, as a life lesson. Um, for example, I was traveling in Mexico a number of years ago, and one day I got horribly sick one evening. I couldn't have dinner. I had a bad night, and I was traveling with my parents, uh, and I said, take me to the airport in Mexico City. I'm going home. And they said, but, but you paid for hotels the next four nights. I said, I, I just I want to go home, and I did. And the point of it is we all have an investment in, in where we are. You, you bought a ticket to a movie, and you're sitting in the movie. 
And my point is this. Despite the fact you paid for your ticket and you drove there and you parked your car and all that, if you're not enjoying the movie, walk out. Why invest more of your life, more of your time in something you're not enjoying? And I look at it like this. Psychologically, if you look uh, as your ticket as an option, so you have the right to sit in the movie theater, for example, uh, for the whole movie, but you don't have to do that. It's not a prison. Right. So, you know, and too too often we, we get committed to things we've paid money for or spent time on, and it's not working for you. If it's not working for you and it's not going to be working for you in the future, just let it go. Right. Oh, I just couldn't agree more. I just, I had a friend as well who recently bought a couple tickets and yeah, I was very sick and had a life crisis hit the night before and, and all she kept saying was, oh, but I've got to go to this concert tomorrow. You know, I bought these two tickets and, and, and I said, well, you don't have to go, give it away, do what you have to do. You know, but I bought the tickets and I invited the friend and I said, and, and you don't have to go. <laughs> like it just, and I think that it's, it's goes back to fry another egg too. It's, it's, you know, what's the quality of life? What, what kind of quality of life do we want? And we have to pay attention to that so we don't get lost in the material and the data and the content of what we're doing versus is the experience truly providing quality. Absolutely. So. And, and uh, Lizzie, you know, another people tool which is very important to me is things are only things. Uh, you know, when I was 18, I got my first uh, brand new car, a VW Bug. And it was parked in the street in front of my parents' house. And after about a month, someone came by and sideswiped it, and you know, there were ugly scratches on the side of the car. Right. And I was just, I was just beside myself and angry for a month. And after a month, I said, you know, even though I don't have the money, this this can be fixed, and things can be fixed, things can be replaced. You get another car, you can have it fixed. People cannot be replaced. And, you know, if they're seriously injured, they can't be fixed. So I reserve my emotional energy in my life for people, not for things. And you know, one time my wife thought she had lost a very ex- the most expensive ring I've ever bought her, and, uh, and she was very upset. And I didn't get upset, even though it was very expensive. I said, it's a thing. And I'm not going to, you know, if my wife got sick or my kids uh, were injured in some way, I'm, I'm there. Right, um, but for a thing, I'm I'm just not going to waste my my life on on worrying about things. I so I so am with you, and I have to just say this little brief story. We were going on a cruise, my whole family, for my parents' fiftieth anniversary, and so we, you know, so uh, while normally my jewelry is like junk stuff, and I don't have a lot of fancy, but. But, you know, my mom was like, there's these formal nights and pictures and be sure and have the things that would make you look the way you want to look. So I packed up every special piece of jewelry I'd ever gotten. Like, in, in a, in a, I actually bought a container for it and everything. And anyway, I left it behind. And maids who were not supposed to be in the house did. And, and they stole it. And so they stole basically almost all the, all the jewelry, like, of my life, the precious things. Uh-huh. And I came back and I was so mellow and, and my aunt, and people were wondering, aren't you upset? You're, all your jewelry's gone, you know? And my answer was, oh, my gosh, we all made it back from the cruise safely, and my parents have been married 50 years. Are you kidding? Like, I just, I really can't worry about the jewelry. Like, it's a bummer, but I, it would be bad karma if I thought that was important, connected to the fact that the whole family was together and we we're all okay. So I just, I, I'm really right with you on that one. And, yeah, um, absolutely. And I, well, good, good for you. I think that is so important, and I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad you had that experience and, and, and reacted. Not that you had the experience. I'm glad you reacted <laughs> to it that way. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, here's one I love, love, love. I really, I love your t- these tools. They're just amazing. But the question mark, I think, oh, the question mark. So just how do we use that? What, what's good about that? Well, you know, it's, it's, it's okay uh, to ask questions. And when I wrote people to, I, I, I think I chickened out. I talked about a friend uh, driving to the, the, traveling through Milan, Italy, and, and it was really me. And I rented a car at the airport. I didn't have a map. I had the, the street address for the hotel, and I thought I could drive into Milan, Italy, and find the hotel. And I drove around for an hour and a half, and my wife was saying, Alan, you know, ask, ask. ask. And I said, no, 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 you know, I'm a guy. Uh, my, 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 my masculinity is at stake here. I'm not going to ask. That's just, that's just cheating. Yeah. And after an hour and a half, it was getting late. <laughs> so I, I, I finally uh, compromised. I, I hired a taxi, and I followed the taxi to the hotel, so I really never asked. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I, I should have asked right away. I mean, that is that is just just so silly. And you know, like in the play, uh, one of my favorite plays, The Rainmaker. There's a deputy sheriff who's all alone and lonely, and and uh, he's divorced. And he said, you know, if I had asked my wife to stay, she would have. But I was too proud to do that. Oh, oh, and that's that's poignant. It, it, you know, it's 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 okay. It's okay to ask. And, um, you know, I, I grew up in a family where my father didn't like to say no, so if you asked for something, he just, boy, he went berserk. And you learned, <laughs> don't ask. And yeah. I've had, you know, I've had to train myself. It's okay to ask. I don't, you know, if an employee says, you know, I want this huge increase, I don't have to get angry at them. They ask. Right. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay to ask. And I think the one thing that I also think that just to extrapolate on that a little bit is that even in just general communication, people like to make statements. So they like to say, you know, you hurt me and you knew that hurt my feelings and and then you did it anyway. And so now I'm really mad. You know, And I always say, if you would just reshape it, like, do you know that you hurt my feelings? Did you know that that I was hurt that night. Do you know the effect it had on me? Or, you know, I'm not sure if you do or don't, so I want to ask you to start this. You know, if you can put something in the form of a question, you remove the heat out of it and the charge as opposed to when you tell someone sentences and they have to get ready for their defense. So Absolutely. Uh, Liz, you know, for me, uh, you know, when, when somebody was walking around, like, with a frown, I always thought they were angry and that they were angry at me. So I always reacted, you know, kind of defensively. Right. And now, if someone's, you know, frowning or whatever, I say, uh, are you angry? And often they say, no, I'm just, you know, thinking about something. And then they say, yeah, I'm, I am angry. I say, are you angry with me? And it's almost never that they're angry with me. And if they are, we'll deal with it. But, you know, it's, it's, it's better to ask and, and, and know than... Uh, than to assume the worst. To assume. And that's such, okay, that, I have to tell another little story because you just triggered something. I'm at Baskin Robbins with my son, summer night, busy, crazy crowd, teenage boy, about 17-ish, big, you know, kind of husky boy. He's serving the ice cream and he's being mean. There's no question about it. He's being real short with people and making smart remarks and, and I stand up for things in the world. I don't, um, you know, so my, my kids are used to that, that I'll, you know, call someone out if, if they aren't acting appropriately or being mean to their child in a grocery store or something like that. But so it came to our turn to order. We ordered the ice cream and the guy gave me my credit card back. But when he did, he kind of frisbeed it. I don't, he did not mean to do what happened, but it frisbeed across the whole entire floor. And I had to climb under, you know, all the Baskin <laughs> Robbins tables to go get my credit card. 
So everybody in the store was like mortified. The whole store was watching this and watching me, what I was going to do. So I got my card. I got off the floor. I walked back. And everyone knew, especially my son, you know, oh, she's going to go tell him. You can't be that way, you know. And I went up to him and I just said, are you okay? Is, are you stressed out? Is anything bothering you? Is there anything I could do to help you? And this 17-year-old kid got tears in his eyes and he said, well, I sprained my wrist and I asked my boss for the night off and he wouldn't give it to me. So I am in excruciating pain trying to scoop this ice cream, but and I can't believe you asked me that. And, and I said, well, I bet it hurts. I bet your wrist really hurts, but I bet it hurts more that you told somebody that you're in pain and they don't care. That must really hurt. And he completely started to cry. And so he ended up just packing up like tons of extra stuff for us. <laughs> and me and my son walked out with like all these bags and everything. And my son just looked at me and it was just really interesting. And my son said that, that he was so in, because then the guy got very happy and was very kind to everyone as we were packing up our stuff to leave. We were watching him change. And my son said, it's interesting, you didn't take away his pain, but you cared. You asked. And that was enough to change how the rest of this night's going to go for him. So Absolutely. Oh, Lindsay, I'm, I'm touched when you, when you tell that. I, I really am. Oh. Um, boy, that is, that's such a good idea. And, and you, you were modeling it for the people in the store, for your son. Uh, right. I mean... That's terrific. Right. And it's, it's straight from what you're saying, that when people walk around and you think they're mad, maybe not, maybe not, maybe something else. So tell me about patterns persist, because we all have a lot of patterns. So tell me about that. Well, patterns persist, uh, that's a people tool, which is my, my uh, family's favorite. Um, <laughs> because when, when I complain about somebody doing something, uh, which they've done before, uh, you know, my kids say to me, Dad, patterns persist. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, when you detect a pattern of behavior, like for me, uh, you know, most of my life I've been overweight. And uh, if I go to a buffet restaurant, I 99 times out of 100, I will eat too much. I'll take three or four plates of food. And it, 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 that's my pattern. Yes. And in order for me to break the pattern, I just don't go to buffet restaurants. Or if I have to, I tell my wife, you know, just just get me healthy stuff, one plate only. That's it. I'm not going to even go up to the buffet myself, because that's that's a pattern that I want to change. Or uh, if you know people who are always on time, then you can expect them to be on time or be late. So find out patterns, discover the patterns in your life and yourself and other people. And if you assume that they will continue, that they will persist, you will almost always be correct. Right. That's, that's just, and that takes self-reflection, and I, I love that you do that, that you actually take the time to think about that and then make a different choice. So that's the only way for growth. When you yeah. talk about non-versation, super creative, really insightful, Mike, just like you said about the 80 percentile, this could save a marriage for sure. So tell us about non-versation. Well, absolutely. Well, in, in, in many relationships, uh, you know, people don't, don't, they want to be perfect. They, they, they don't want to be criticized. And so uh, I use that in my marriage, uh, uh, you know, fairly often, actually. If my wife has a gripe, then we have a conversation. In other words, she tells me what's on her mind. And yeah. I don't respond. I don't have to agree or disagree. I don't have to make excuses. I just have to listen. And she feels heard. Now, right. if I want to respond, I'll do it the next day. <laughs> but to have a number, she feels heard, and you know, the other thing, oh, you know, I, I, I heard what you have to say, and and I understand what your, what your, you know, what your uh, problem is, and I will do the same with her, 
And so we can, it encourages communication without the other person having to worry about what they're going to say next and how they're going to get out of it and how they look. They're just right. just listening. And it's a conversation, which is really uh, kind of a monologue rather than a dialogue. Love it. Love it. That's just, that's beautiful. I really think that could help a lot of people and in and, and any relationships, all relationships need to, you know, when you say something, you do want to be heard and people sometimes miss that. So I love it. Tell me about Climb a Mountain. That's another one. I've actually read that to people. I've been at Starbucks and pulled out your book and <laughs> read things to people. <laughs> I love it so much. Um, so Climb a Mountain, tell me. Well, climbing a mountain, uh, I, I'm, I'm not athletic. I, you know, I'm kind of uh, an indoor dog. And a friend of mine loved uh, hiking and mountain climbing and stuff. So when I was young, he said, yeah, let's go backpacking into the Sierras. And I said, you know, John, that's not for me. He said, look, he said, we'll do it at your pace. It's okay. And so we did. And then uh, the, 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 uh, the second morning, uh, he pointed to a mountain nearby. He said, let's climb the mountain. I said, John. I said, you know, mountains, that's what you drive to, get out of your car and go to the viewpoint, but you don't, you don't climb them. Right. And he said, well, come on, we'll do it. We'll do it by lunchtime. I said, come on, that's a, more than a whole day's, <laughs> you know. He said, Alan, I'll do it at your pace. Anytime you want to come back, it's okay. And oh. I said, all right. And we started climbing the mountain, and, you know, we'd hike for 10 minutes, and I'd rest for 15. And you know something? <laughs> by, by lunchtime, we were at the top of the mountain. I was, oh. I was just amazed. And I love that. The, 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 you know, the point is, you know, stretch yourself. Do do some things that that you normally wouldn't do uh, in a safe environment. You know, right. don't don't go mountain climbing. The folks are gonna you know trot up uh, you know fifteen mountains today. But <laughs> do it where it's safe, and and that way you stretch yourself. And then I I now have the confidence that I can do that kind of thing. Where That's before right. I was just terrified. That's right. I think that's a huge, just that you added that. A, you did do it within the support of your friend, which I think that's actually very wise. If you do have fears or something, yeah, get some support on board so you can try something. But it's, it's, it's the fact that you stretched yourself, you got out of your comfort zone. But then when you, when you learn, you can be out of your comfort zone and still exist, breathe, and even succeed. You change how you think about yourself, which makes for a better life. So... That one, I, I really resonated because I'm the same. I wouldn't have wanted to climb the mountain, so I was reading closely <laughs> what you did. But, um, right. yeah. So you talk about, um, and I loved this one too because this is sort of living in the now and some of the things we've said um, toward the end of your book, focusing on the process, letting go of the outcome. I think you called it million miles away, but tell us what, you know, what is that? What's the value there? Well, I realized pretty early in my life, Lindsay, that um, the journey, you know, if I, was, if I was taking a train to New York, the journey would take, whatever, four or five days, and arriving in New York would, would take moments. And when you have a goal in your life, um, you spend a lot more time working toward the goal than achieving it. Uh, for example, I'm a graduation speaker uh, in about a month, and these folks is in graduate school, and they spent two years of their lives uh, learning what, what they've learned, and then the graduation is one day. If they didn't really enjoy the process, the two years, and only enjoy the one day, then you're throwing away a lot of potential enjoyment in life. So, you know, I mean, if I step out of my front door and I smell pine needles and a fresh breeze, I say, wow. 
this is this is this is really nice. I really like that. Or a sunset and trees silhouetted and silhouetted against the, the clouds or the or the sun. You can find things that really appreciate along the way. The journey, the journey is what you're on. Right. And arriving is is just really temporary. And and for most of us, including me, uh, the, the arriving is just uh, the, the the first step in the journey. And then I'm going to go somewhere else and take another journey. Right. Um, so you know, getting married, for example. Well, you you have a journey to get there, and once you're married, you have another journey. Maybe you have children and all that stuff. Enjoy the journey, not not the uh, the outcome. Right. There's lessons everywhere. That's where all the growth is. Is the journey because every step you take, there's another something to be learned or had, or potentially wisdom to be gathered. So, I love that, and I have to say that. I cannot believe I have to do some things to close the show, which means I have to do my thank you to you. But this has flown by. I actually had so many more things. So, you know, maybe we'll have you back on. I just, I love the book and I love your attitude and I love your stories. And so I just want to say, I know you're a really busy man. I saw your schedule. I, I do get it. And, and so thank you so much, Alan, for, for joining me on Illuminating Now. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you, Lindsay. It's been a real, a real treat. I, I, you know, we seem to be on the same wavelength, and I hope uh, you help your clients and other friends do that. And uh, thank you very much. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. And and so there's been. I want to talk to the audience now. And I want to tell you, listeners, there's been so much wisdom. Okay, that Alan C. Fox has come here and offered us today in his book, People Tools full of wisdom, truly. It's the kind of book, I mean, you might like the audio version. I like carry it with me. I'm that girl who carries the book and whips it out and wants to read a little something for someone. So, you know, the Lindsay's life secret today is wisdom creates the chance for change. You have to have some wisdom, you know, because I bet if every one of you stop right now and think about it, there's probably a change you want in your life, a change you're thinking about, a change you're about to do, something you're afraid of. But some extra wisdom creates a chance, an opening. And it Extra wisdom also offers us confidence to take the actions to make the change. So that's just really um, precious information that I that I hope you take in. And my other Lindsay's life secret is read this book, buy this book. And if you already have, tell someone because there's truly practical application techniques and tools. And when I say practical application, you can use them right now. And that's super helpful. And we don't need esoteric stuff that confuses us. We need layman's terms where we can work with it. I want to talk about next week. We're going to be joined by Mika Douglas. And the subject is going to be on traveling abroad, living abroad, moving abroad, and what life changes and how you can be happy. And that may resonate a bit with Trace Levinson, who was on a couple weeks ago. And he talked about how he is becoming a writer and... He is using and has traveled and, and, and in part of traveling and living abroad, it's been a means for him to have a happier and authentic life. So he's putting a book together for all of you. Mika is not only going to continue on that topic, she's going to get very detailed. She's going to show you options. She and her husband, Bobby Anderson, very passionate, and they created ChiliRetirement.com. And it is a startup company that handholds you, navigates you into moving or traveling abroad. So I'm going to just tell you about Mika. She is retired. She lives in Rinaka, Chile, small beach community, 
Uh, she left the USA about seven years ago. She's lived abroad with her husband, Bobby, on the beaches in southern Thailand and Bangkok before they went to Chile. Mika has said, our objective was to live more simply and leave behind the everyday complexities inherent with living in North America. And then she says, mission accomplished. So I love it. So ChileRetirement.com, it's a startup. It helps people with getting their immigration settled, their health care, housing, language settled into a new culture and it may not just be chili so if you're thinking of anything like this this isn't a travel agency it's someone who's going to handhold you into a new lifestyle and help you if that's what you want i want to remind you as i said on the beginning of the show we do have a contest happening go onto facebook illuminating now answer the question is there anything standing in the happiness in the way of you being happy in your life or fulfilling your life the top answers and your name will be talked about on the april 9th show next week so besides answering, because there's still time, tune in next week, because whether you answered or not, what a great show, right? We're going to talk about what people's thoughts were on that and who they were and add some wisdom that we can all share from each other. So that thread is happening now, and the response so far has been massive and really exciting. So I just want to ask you, continue, follow Facebook, Twitter, qualityforlifecoaching.com. Remember that Alan C. Fox was on today, and People Tools book dot com is the site and go check it out you'll you'll really love it so i am your host this is Lindsay levinson you've been listening to illuminating now Lindsay's life secrets we are on voiceamerica.com on the variety channel and i just really want to say thank you for listening today i hope we provided a great show i hope next week you're really thrilled to hear some of the things that are going to be spoken about and I know that all of you listening are busy people, and your time is really precious. So for you to choose this show today, listening to us, that means a lot to me. So thank you so much, and please have a fabulous week. Thanks for joining us for Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. Please join Lindsay Levinson again next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific week. 